You're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we talk to interesting people with interesting taste in music about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and this week for our season three finale, we are speaking with Brett Emmons from The Glorious Sons. The Glorious Sons are a rock and roll band coming out of Kingston, Ontario, who have been taking the rock and roll world by storm over the past few years. They're in the process of gearing up to release a new album, so we're very excited to have Brett with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. All right, Brett, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, always a pleasure. Um, so we're going to kick things off with a Glorious Sun song. Um, we're going to talk about Kingdom in My Heart. But before we do that, I kind of wanted to ask you about your hometown a little bit. Um, I've got a lot of love for Kingston. Um, I, I used to play in a band that was based out of Kingston. Um, so as a result of that, I've just got a great deal of respect for the music scene in that town. But what seems cool about you guys is that you've not really like kind of left Kingston in your dust. You seem to have still a great deal of love for your, for your hometown. And that's something that I've really come to admire about you guys. Why is it like, what is it about Kingston that sort of keeps you there rather than just kind of, you know, moving on to Toronto and claiming yourselves as a Toronto band? Uh, well, there's a number of reasons. I like, I mean, like practically like, um, one of the most important things is family. Uh, I, I, uh, I moved to Hamilton for a year, like a year ago. And I came home, uh, during the pandemic and rented a place beside my parents' house just so I could see them for the first time. Uh, and, and, you know, that long because we'd been touring and when the tour got canceled, I went straight to Hamilton and there was kind of a little bit of a COVID kerfuffle and whatnot. And I kind of was quarantining and I didn't have COVID. Um, but I was quite worried about the whole pandemic to say the least. So, um, anyways, I came home and at that point I didn't know if I was ever going to move back, but I came home and I just, for whatever reason, I just felt like I didn't want to spend the next 15 years away from my family. You know, I don't know how, they're they're healthy and they're in good shape but i don't know how long they're gonna live and i don't want to be away from my parents so that would be the number one reason so i started looking for a house and got got a place about 30 minutes north um number two uh i mean it's really all we ever have known right i i even when we started playing music when we were playing in Toronto and like filling Toronto clubs, there'd be like two buses of people from Kingston right. that would drive up to see us and they'd be all our buddies. And uh, I think that our band started from a um, very uh, insulated community, like of our, of our like uncles and aunts and our, and our best friends and our old friends and our, I don't know, high school acquaintances and people were just like, Oh, they're actually kind of not shitty. So this is a good excuse to go out and drink. And I, I don't think that ever really changed like throughout our whole career. Um, whether that be in, you know, Saskatoon or what, whatnot, wherever we play, we've always kind of felt like a small 
small town band and we've we've uh i don't know that it's necessarily been a um i don't know that we've necessarily made it a point to do this but it seems like a lot of bands will go to like edmonton and draw in people from lethbridge and places from that but we've always stopped in red deer lethbridge we go everywhere like all these little towns and they've always been the ones from the very top of our career that have supported us and like i i felt like for a long time we couldn't get arrested in toronto like to be honest and it was these little places all around canada that were playing our music and kind of creating this allure around the band that actually made people want to listen to us and we never broke into the big cities i mean until probably young beauties uh that album came out but i don't know it's just kingston's our home there's stuff of course that i don't like about it too i mean it's a very small small town it's you know isolated and um i've been known to be a drunken buffoon many times and small community kind of everybody talks and whatnot and uh but i just it's a it's a beautiful city and i i couldn't necessarily see myself living in a um, in a large uh metropolis kind of anyway so and i just want to be close to family and i think everybody has felt the same way in the band right. there's really no point in and moving at this point because we've achieved i mean an amount of success that'll make us happy and also the people that we love are here other than i was gonna say other than jordan right, right. my girlfriend <laughs> lives in toronto but, um i mean we can make that work we're we're in touring bands anyway yeah exactly well i mean i certainly remember like being in kingston um you guys were were very much like you know local legends i mean talk about reputation like my my only understanding of your reputation from all the time i spent there was like you know you guys were the guys to look up to um which was always really cool um and you know just because you know you were local boys who were off doing doing your thing like and and it was awesome but does does the does the kind of love of and comfortability of small towns does that like do you feel more comfortable in places like red deer and lethbridge when you go on tour than you do in like say edmonton no uh not really at all um for whatever reason those were just the places that popped off first so i like have felt like a kind of a uh you know a warm place in my heart i remember mm -hmm. like telling the vat that it, i'm gonna buy the bar when the owner's ready to sell it and i mean i'm not gonna make good on that promise but i was hammered <laughs> and like the, those places they would fill up for us i don't know why but it was like all these small towns. I mean, other than Winnipeg, Winnipeg really loved us. Right. Um, but no, I don't feel any more comfortable in, in, in a small town. Not, not, I, I mean, it, there's plenty of incredible cities to play across Canada. Uh, Winnipeg being one of them, Vancouver is always incredible. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really matter anymore, yeah. but, um, I do feel maybe a kinship or a slight connection maybe more so to small town people yeah fair enough um all right so i want to get into um a glorious son's tune called kingdom in my heart um you know seems like a bit of a love song uh the piano part in it is is what stood out to me the most but i i you know the, that um that hook you can build a kingdom in my heart is sort of 
seems deeply sentimental and and rather pleasant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the what's the song about? Well, that that album probably had like the happiest songs of our band's career and like the least happy songs. I don't know what the hell I was going through that like the state I was in during the recording that because it started out very like positive uh, for whatever reason. I mean, we ha- it's a 14 song album and there's probably like seven really happy songs and seven kind of really downer songs on it, to be honest. Uh, but for that song, that was one of those ones that I just had felt like a need to make happy music in my life at that point, because young beauties, the album before was kind of about, um your our shortcomings and you know trying to make up and you know there was a lot of uh um i don't want to say whining because i made sure not to make it sound like whining but it was there was a lot of like introspective like character flaws all over that album and going into uh one everything kingdom uh lean on me love i think like i had found some kinship in my life um my relationships that I felt uh, were positive for me for the first time in a long time. And uh, Kingdom, my heart, I mean, like all the songs, I, I tend to like write them about like seven different things and I'll reuse the line uh, like seven different times over a period of like two years until I land on the thing that I actually want to say. So Kingdom was kind of like, it was like a callback to that era of like, it was kind of talking about the same things that I was talking about on Young Beauties, but instead of putting a spin on it, like um, I need to get better. It was kind of, I am better. And you're one of the reasons why it's just, it's kind of just about, you know, friendship and how important somebody can be to you. And I've never been one to shy away from uh, sentiment and, just telling somebody how I feel, even in my day to day life. So, yeah, well, and I think that that's important. I mean, like, and it's it's funny, like as you as you say that, like, you know, it's 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 like half and half, like half sad songs, half happy songs. Like, who wants to listen to a song that's like in the middle of that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm just everything's yeah. fine. You know, <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> yeah. But but I I, yeah. I I certainly get that like that that must be kind of like a relief, eh? To just like go from writing sadder songs and just kind of make that conscious decision to go happier yeah and i mean you you have to be in a certain state of mind to be able to do that as well i think that's you know maybe a um just a reflection of how good a time that was in my life Mm -hmm. in that moment um yeah so that's pretty much all there is to that one i guess that piano line, though, I think that was Coster. It might have been our producer, but I think it was Coster. And it was, he'd been, he listens to a lot of hip hop. Right. And that's just that classic, you know, you can hear the hip hop influence. Yeah, it in reminded me a little bit of um, uh, a song that you guys had actually covered, Runaway by Kanye West. I don't know if that's, yeah. like, you know, my ear isn't particularly sharp, but that was certainly the vibe that I got from it. Yeah, well, he's, probably the biggest Kanye West fan you'd ever meet in your life. Wow. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan, but not to the extent he is. He's, he's listened to everything he's ever released. He's seen every interview. He, 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 he believes in Kanye almost as much as I would assume Kanye believes in. Yeah. yeah. Love that. That's a high bar. Yeah. I used to drink till I was angry. Walk by the water and dream of floating away. 
All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Maria Callas solos from Madame Butterfly. Um, you've got the record there. Uh, what do you What do you like about this? Well, the reason I chose this is because uh, before when we talked, you'd asked me if I wanted to come on, and I told you just point blank I wasn't listening to anything. Right. <laughs> um, and I went through the probably this winter, just a period in my life where I wasn't listening to a bunch um, of music, and this album uh, kind of was the thing that uh, released the flood floodgates of spring for me. Um, and I'm the type of guy, for some reason, my brain uh, is, when I'm listening to something, I'm always working out like lyrically what's going on and, and what's happening and, you know, how he told that story. And, you know, I, I don't know why, but sometimes I just can't let myself just sit down and enjoy music. I need to dissect it as it flies by and it can be detrimental, I guess, to um, your musical experience when you're listening, at least. Um, and Jordan had showed me this opera singer and I just decided one day I'm going to get like 10 records by people that I don't really listen to that I don't care about and i'm just gonna get them and i'm gonna listen to them no matter what and i started coming home after like jamming and whatnot and putting them on and just i don't want to say meditating but just kind of taking a deep breath and um just trying to shut off my brain to music for the first time and this maria callas uh record um an opera record, which is not something anybody probably would ever think of me listening to, was was the one that like just it allowed me to appreciate uh, just the beauty of sound because number one, it's not she doesn't sing anything in English. Number two, I have no clue what the hell is going on. Right. Number three, they're melodies I would never write. I would never like I can't take any personal attachment to anything that's going on, but it just affected me in a way that it kind of it was extremely therapeutic and uh and and it actually unlocked something this spring for me that it's it's allowed me to listen to music for entertainment for the first time in a very long time yeah that's crazy man like just that that your that your brain is just naturally so analytical that you like have to listen to music that's like in a like a, a language that you don't understand in order to turn that part of you off like that's so interesting yeah. <laughs> just as someone who like listens to music unwind like that's like that's so crazy to just like wrap my head around that i've never listened to music to ever to unwind ever like until this spring probably I mean, maybe I did when I was a kid, maybe in university. I can't really remember and understand that part of me, but I sure as hell wasn't doing a lot of it in my 20s so far. So it's been really good for me to do that. Yeah, word. Well, it almost reminds me of like, you know, those memes where it's like, it's talking about, you know, English teachers, where it's like the the shelf was red and then like the English teacher's analysis of it being like the red represents this and that. And like, this is a callback to this and that it's, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit where it's just like something just can't kind of be. What exactly. It is. And, and if you were to ask me, I would tell you that that's all bullshit. Like yeah. that, like sometimes an author just writes to write. Like I don't care about the analysis of most other people's thoughts right. to be honest when it comes to that stuff. 
but yeah and i think maybe it came from being in a band you know and touring all the time and writing music myself so much and trying to improve i think a lot of that came from me putting so much pressure on myself to improve and get better that i just stopped being able to listen to it for the right reasons yeah totally So next we're going to get into uh, Bob Dylan, absolute classic, simple twist of fate. Uh, something that, you know, you said the the past one was maybe not as expected. This one seems a bit more up your alley. Uh, what do you like about this tune? Uh, it's hard to say, like pretty much everything yeah. about it. Um, I, 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 I love, you know, I love the way that Bob Dylan tells a story in snapshots. Yeah. I think that he's like the greatest of all time, like taking snapshots and just putting them like together, ordering them in whatever way he wants to just tell a story that makes you feel something. I think for that one, it's like, I can't figure it out. So maybe that's why I love it so much, but I think it's just like, it's a great like representation of genius at work. Just it's, it's so, it's so, uh, I mean, and it's also beautiful. And I think for anybody that doesn't think that Bob Dylan's a good singer, like that's a good song to kind of, you know, show them his chops and whatnot. I mean, his voice isn't for everybody clearly, but just, uh, it's hard to say, but just everything about that song, it's just one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's one of those things where you look at it and you just think to yourself, like if I could just, listen to this man talk just for a second i would like i probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't even like it but it would (laughs) it's just it's almost like you can't i can't fathom how somebody can write a story so good and so beautiful and i still don't even really know everything that it's about but that's the perfect that's why it's so perfect yeah it's nice just to kind of keep you guessing right yeah do you like what what sort of inspiration do you draw from him um when it comes to lyrics I think imagery wise, I probably, he probably taught me how important an image is um, rather than, you know, a lot of people, when they think of stories, they think of somebody like leading you along, like taking you by the hand and telling you like exactly what happened. But I think Bob Gellin was great at just putting an image in your mind and letting you fill in the blanks. And some of my best songs, probably in my opinion, I was able to do some of that, not to the extent that he was. Um, but I think that I think he's pretty hard to learn from because he's um, so unique and just so good at what he does. I think that it's one of those things that if there's no real way to emulate him. Yeah. I mean, plenty of artists have tried and nobody's yeah, no been able to do it yeah. ever. Yeah. So. I mean, other than just to sit there and just revel at, you know, 
what he does and just get inspired. I don't think I don't think I've like learned too much like um, solid things from Bob Dylan. Yeah, like nothing crazy technical. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. They sat together in the park As the evening sky grew dark She looked at him and he felt a spark Tingle to his bones Twas then he felt alone And wished that he'd gone straight And watched out for a simple twist of fate um, Alright, so we're going to talk about Towns Van Zant, uh, Poncho, and Lefty what do you like about this tune? Uh, have you ever heard it, by the no, way? No, I've not. Oh, I, I, you're not probably like a country guy, well, are you? It's funny, you know, because of this show, people keep picking country songs on this show. And because of that, I've gotten more and more into it. Like we had, um, okay. we had Starcrawler on the show and like Arrow picked this like new, like really overproduced Dolly Parton tune that I just love. Like, and you know, so it's like, I've been, I've been getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's like, this is his like biggest song. Right. Um, Willie Nelson covered it. And I think, I don't know who he covered it with. It was a, it was a big country name. Um, I think it was Merle Haggard actually. Mm-hmm. They covered it and made it like famous. But um, it's like his biggest one. And I just, it's one of those story songs that you, you just kind of, you sit back and, and you, can, you can hear like just genius at work, just like simple twist of fate. Um, but for me, it was like, there's, so, there's no extent to see the difference between him and Dylan, I guess, was is there's not just images in this song. It's like he does kind of take you by the hand and lead you along. Right. But there's so many traps in the song that it could be about like 15 different things. Like it's just so clever the way that he words it. Um, and th- there's something really emotional about the line. All the federalities say they could have had, they could have had them any day. And every time that comes around, I love it. Um, but it's just, it's just kind of masterful story, storytelling at work, like old, kind of uh outlaw country um pretty to the point uh on your nose storytelling just but with beautiful you know prose and lyrics and whatnot and he he's i don't know if you know much about towns but but he was an incredibly talented man and um you know uh um what's his name steve earl said he was better than bob dylan wow i mean i'm not gonna I'm not going to go ahead and say that, but uh, there's, he's, he's got like, he's got plenty of songs and he's got that whole like allure of like, um, I don't know what you would call it, but uh, I don't want to say wasted talent. That's definitely not the right way to put it, but like, um, you know, a man that could have done, I guess, a lot more than, he, he did 
uh, like he could have been like one of the greatest yeah. most famous songwriters of all time people would probably shoot me right now for saying this because he is very very much loved right i love that kind of outlaw country kind of stuff yeah well and it is it's funny like just that that idea that you touched on of like how you can kind of a story can be about like 15 different things like that is something that i've really come to appreciate about the genre like um you know like songs that always come to mind for me are like um tom t hall that's how i got to memphis clay pigeons by blaze foley is another one that's been played on the show before like blaze foley is one of my favorite men of all yeah. time yeah. yeah it's like it's brilliant i love clay I, you know I, i'll uh, i'll send you I, i'll get his permission but because i don't know if he wants me to send it to you but uh but wolfie the drummer in fadeaways did this uh did this cover of clay pigeons and it's fucking sick cool so i'll uh, i'll send that over to you yeah Living on the road, my friend Was gonna keep you free and clean Now you wear your skin like iron Your breath's as hard as kerosene You weren't your mama's only boy But her favorite one, it seems She began to cry when you said goodbye Sank into your dreams Next up, uh, Plastic Ono Band You know it's kind of it's one of these things where it's like you don't even know where to begin. But uh, but what do you like about this uh, about this record? Well, for me, for myself, I heard that record uh, about seven or eight years ago, and it was kind of when I we were like starting out. Uh, we released the union. I didn't really feel like I had a voice at all, and we were puttering around a lot. And I mean, as like a young songwriter that. Um, you haven't really developed a voice, but you know that you've got the drive and, you know, some sort of talent. Um, it was really important because John Lennon just basically said in that album, he said exactly what he meant, every single line. And he didn't use too much um, pretty language. Um, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't uh, cut off any of the corners or, tried he didn't try to say anything beautiful he just said beautiful things with exactly what he was trying to say like um like god is a great example of that i mean the whole album is pers personal to like his family he's got lines for his children in it and lines for yoko and it was just really important for me to hear somebody not not trying too hard i guess and plastic ono band that record is uh, i guess the epitome of that for me it, it changed my whole outlook on writing because at that time i was very confused as to what i actually had to offer people as a songwriter and um he made it seem as simple as just writing down words on a page about yourself and i think that's a really important thing for a songwriter yeah. to learn yeah especially um, in like the early days yeah and just maybe even the later days too like i think that everybody's trying to stand out and become great but i don't think that there's anything that you can offer um the world that's more unique than kind of i mean as corny as it sounds your unique self on, on page and i think that's kind of an important thing for people to realize and that's what i learned from that album at least yeah 
Certainly. It's funny that you talk about just that, that time. That was the first time when I was introduced to you guys. I actually, I don't know if you remember this gig. It was, um, it was part of Canadian music week. It was in like the Sheraton hotel ballroom. It was like, you, Oh my God, you guys and always, and then Billy talent. And it was, it was like yeah. some like weird fake award show. It was, it was like yeah. one of the weirdest things yeah. I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I remember that night, like very slightly me and Jay slept in a truck outside that fucking hotel. I don't think we had rooms or anything. We just went up. It was like an award show. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't even like a real, it, it, it felt very much just like kind of the industry congratulating itself. You know, like yeah. it didn't feel like a real award show. Like no one was like, oh my God, I'm so honored. It was kind of just. <laughs> There's plenty of those. Yeah. You can find that. I mean, not during COVID, but I'm pretty probably sure there'll be plenty of those popping up next year. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. As soon as you're born, they make you feel small By giving you no time instead of it all Till the pain is so big you feel nothing at all A working class hero is something to be Working class hero is something to be. Last up uh, of the songs that you picked, um, we're going to talk about uh, Springsteen, uh, Nebraska. My understanding uh, is that Springsteen is a bit of a hero of yours. Um, what do you like? Yeah. What do you like about him? Well, I chose Nebraska because um, I think like nobody really under. I'm sure a lot of people do, but. I hear a lot of people trying to emulate Springsteen nowadays, but they're going like the 80s route, which of course was a great era for Springsteen. I, I love it. But they don't, nobody understands the grittiness that that man had. And Nebraska, that album is, I mean, it's so dark, it's not even funny. And that song, like just riding around and killing people with a little girl is it's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's it blows my mind. Um I I just I chose that because I think that uh I just shows I mean the range of a man like that. Uh his his the songs that he's you know I'm that he's famous for, I guess. I, I love them of course as well because he's He's uh, obviously, if you're a rock and roll kind of pop songwriter that's lasted this long, you need to have um, some range. But I just think Nebraska shows, you know, the capabilities and of uh, of his songwriting. And just I think it also kind of opens up doors uh, for everybody. And I guess I can relate in the sense that I mean, that's the same guy who, uh, you know, wrote Hungry Heart and um, Brilliant Disguise. And like, if you you think of like those songs and compare them to Nebraska, most people nowadays would be like, where's the sound? It doesn't make any sense. Everybody wants to put something in a box. But but great songwriters, I think, can do it, Mm. do it all. And Springsteen's a great example of that. That album is just unbelievable yeah wow what a, yeah. what a glowing review i it's funny like you know i, I i'm certainly like a, 
I'm very much like a surface level Springsteen fan. So this is like a side of him that I, that I have not gotten into. So I think uh, you, you've sold it rather well. Well, well, look up the lyrics to Nebraska because it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, it's like I saw her on her front lawn just twirling her baton. We went for a ride, son. And that day, I forget the number, but in that day, four innocent people died, or it might be like nine or something, but I forget. It's like, it's fucked. <laughs> Have you heard of murder ballads? No. It's, this is something that, um, again, Arrow from Starcrawler brought up on the show, where it's like a whole subgenre of country, where it's like literally just writing songs about like murdering people. It's like, <laughs> it's so dark. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's like, tons all across like the genre like yeah um but are there like specific artists who just specialize in murder ballads like is i'm trying to remember i will i will i will email you the list of names yeah because she played one on the show arrow from starcrawler and um i remember i got in trouble for it so <laughs> um but i will uh i will take a look back and uh and let you know quite something So we're standing on her front lawn, just a twirling her baton. Me and her went for a ride, people down. Next up, we are going to wrap up the show with Panic Attack. Uh, Glorious Sun's tune kicks off your most recent LP. This one, I'm actually just given our earlier conversation about like, you know, kind of happy and sad songs. This one seems a bit kind of more raw and pissed off. Um, yeah. What, where does where do you see this one falling on that uh, in that divide of sort of happy and sad? Well, I think it's a little more like ambiguous. I would call it more manic, right, right, like than than anything. Um, but I I was witnessing somebody having like a severe panic attack, and uh, I had them like I don't know from first year university. I've dealt with them. I don't know probably since I haven't had a really bad one in a, in a year maybe. Um, but just watching it from the outside, I'd never like kind of seen like seen it from the outside before. And a lot of times I'd been alone or I'd driven myself to the hospital or like uh, just to kind of calm myself down. And I could just see what I looked like kind of yeah. for the oh. first time. And it just cooked something in my mind. I mean, and I, I'm not trying to like, um, uh, minimize somebody else's experiences but i hear about a lot about a panic about panic attacks and i'm sure they can come in like you know certain forms but i'm talking about like severe attacks where like you can't stop shaking and you can't breathe and you think you're gonna die like that day and it's just it was so weird to uh not weird but it was eye-opening to witness one outside of myself and how 
it's 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 a weird thing because when you're having one, nobody can tell you different. Yeah, no, everything's gonna be okay. But you, you, you somewhere in the back of your mind, you know everything's gonna be okay. But you can't stop your mind from just yeah. going on this loop. It goes in those circles. Yeah, yeah. And um, I started writing it then, and then we got home, and I took the lyrics and sat down at the piano and started writing about it. And that's just kind of what came out. Um, but it was, it was kind of, at first it was kind of like a little jangly and meant to be like a little more like weird and like, like, I don't know how to explain it. It was supposed to be like fun almost, but in, in a way that, you know, the lyrics would kind of push up against the music and kind of make you f- feel disoriented and whatnot. Um, and then, I mean, it was pretty clear when we got recording it that it was going to be a pretty straight ahead, like hard rock and song, right, right. which, which I didn't mind at all. Yeah. It's not a bad way to kick off the record. I eh? just kind of come out guns blazing. I, eh? yeah. Yeah. I want to be normal. I want to be sane. I want to look at you and feel something other than pain. I need shelter, safe haven. I want to Alrighty, man. Well, uh, we are going to wrap up now. Um, the way we usually end things is uh, we give our guests a chance to plug sort of latest releases, upcoming releases, anything like that, social medias, whatever whatever you feel inclined to plug. Uh, fire away. Well, um, we were supposed to be releasing something this April, but it's now pushed into the middle of May. And this is the second time I've lied to my fans, so I'm turning into like a frontman liar um so but we're releasing two songs in may and um i think we're just gonna start releasing at will yeah and probably people would be mad at me for saying this right on the air here but i just i'm tired of sitting on music and we're recording a lot and we've got so many songs in the bank and i just tell people to keep their ears open and I'm super pumped because this is the rawest stuff we've ever made. So uh, I'm I'm ext- I'm really interested to see how it goes over, but I'm very excited for people to hear us this way. Yeah, man. For real. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks so much to Brett for joining us on the show this week. As always, you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts or at havingachat.com. Havingachat.com is also where you can subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter. We're off for the next couple of weeks, so we're finally going to start sending those out. The show is produced by myself, Alex Anderson, and Hillary Johnston. Social media and marketing materials are done by Petra Walker, so don't forget to check us out on social media. Thanks for tuning in throughout this third season of the show, and we'll be back on the air and in your feeds in a couple weeks. Until next time.